welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Hi, welcome to Turn the Page, Syosset Public Library's podcast. Today, we're lucky enough to have with us a wonderful author, Sophie Cousins, we're going to be speaking about, I believe this is her third book before I do. Yes, thanks for having me on. Love to be welcome. here. And I'm just going to say a little bit about Sophie. She writes romantic comedies, which is the only thing I can read right now. So before becoming a full-time writer, she worked as a TV producer in London for more than 12 years, working on such shows as The Graham Norton Show, Russell Howard's Good News, and Big Brother. I love The Graham Norton Show. I watch clips of it all the time here. And it's she still now, going. It's still going. I All these know. Years later. I love it. She now lives on the island of Jersey in the UK and balances her writing career with taking care of two small children. Sophie yearns for a time when she can add a miniature dachshund to her brood and wishes for the ability to read books faster than she keeps buying them. And we're going to talk about Before I Do, which is her third novel. But I did read your very first novel this time next year, and I loved that one also. So your books are just perfect for me right now because like I said romantic comedies is the only thing I could really be interested in and the only thing that that keeps me going so thank you for writing these wonderful books oh you're so welcome I'm glad you enjoyed it yeah I think that sometimes rom-coms is just you just want to have it's like something that you like like just having a hot chocolate on the sofa and watching a good movie like reading a rom-com book can just feel like a nice, relaxing, warm, feel-good experience that you right. know there's not going to be any murders or unhappy <laughs> endings. Exactly. So tell everybody what, I don't want to give anything away, so you tell everybody what Before I Do is about. So Before I Do is the story of Audrey, who is about to get married to her long-term boyfriend, Josh. Uh, they have a really nice relationship. He's a lovely guy. Um, but the night before the wedding, at the rehearsal dinner, who should turn up but her what-if guy, the one that got away, the man she has always wondered about, Fred, who had she had this one amazing date with six years ago and then lost touch with and never saw again. Um, and so this kind of is a bit of a love triangle, really, because it looks at Audrey's dilemma between her relationship she's in versus that question of, the one that got away. And I think everyone can relate to that in some way of just slightly wondering about a path that wasn't taken or someone they met that never quite played out to become something that it could have been. Um, and poor Audrey, this is a bad time for this decision to be happening because it's the night before her wedding. Um, and piled on top of that, everything that kind of could go wrong with the wedding starts to go wrong. And she starts to wonder if the universe is trying to tell her that maybe she's making a big mistake. Well, he's Josh. Her fiance is a wonderful guy. Like, yeah. He's a great character and you love him and you're rooting for him. Um, yeah. he, you know, but I, I, I could understand what Audrey's going through because like you said, everybody's got a what if in their life. Like what if it, I had done this differently or, you know, everything changes. Exactly. And I think that's the difficulty with Audrey. It's not that she's married, you know, it's not that she's about to marry someone that's a big mistake and that he's, you know, Josh is really good. You know, she loves him and she's got a good relationship with him. But I think with, with Fred, she had that instant connection and that feeling that maybe this guy was her soulmate. Like he actually, she just felt this spark that she'd never felt before. 
and has just never stopped wondering about him. So it really is difficult for her. And the book is told on numerous timelines. So we kind of jump back from the present day wedding to see a bit of how she first got together with Josh, how she first met Fred, some of her relationships with her family. And so through these flashbacks, you really see and unpick why Audrey is having cold feet, where these doubts have come from. Um, her mother was married five times. She That's a great character. I love yeah, her mother. <laughs> so, and so I think that it, what, what I wanted to explore in this book is how those kind of um, our attitudes to love and life and relationships can be affected by those around us. Well, you did a great job. I think it's a great book. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. So Vivian, she's a bit of a divisive character, Vivian, because she's sort of one of these actresses who is a bit of a diva and a bit larger than life, but means well, but has, you know, you all know, we all know the type who's sort of, you know, been married numerous times and the next one is always the one. Right. And it, it interested me to think how that might play out on a child growing up in that sort of household yeah. where, you know, she's forms these relationships with these stepfathers and then they leave, you know, numerous of them leave and how that sort of makes her think about marriage and, commitment and can marriage be forever and all those sort of big questions right absolutely so before you wrote it says that you worked on other tv shows what made you decide to go into writing did you always want to be an author i always wanted to be an author and i always um tried writing here and there um sometimes more sometimes less um, you know, I did submit a whole manuscript that got rejected and that always kind of makes you lose your confidence for a little bit of time. But then I always came always came back to it and I always knew I would come back to it. Um, and actually, I, the, the big impetus for me was I moved house. We moved to Jersey away from London. So I couldn't really do my job anymore. Oh, I worked well. in television for 12 years. And um, but it was I worked in kind of comedy studio entertainment. So it it very much needed to have a big studio there. It's not something you can do on a small island in the middle of the channel. How um, far is Jersey from London? It's about an hour's flight. So it's very oh. accessible. Um, oh, you have to actually, fly. You have to fly. Yeah. So it's like, and it's a, it's nine by five miles. It's very small. It's, it's just off the coast of France. And it's just, it's, it's, there's lots of cows here. Jersey milk is very famous. It's got beautiful beaches, but it doesn't have a big TV hub. So we moved here for my husband's work and I had to sort of, you know, we had some children, but then I had to think again because I needed to go back to work. And I thought, right, I'm going to give the writing another go. Um, and lucky that I did <laughs> because it's the perfect job when you can work for yourself and you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't have to be dependent on anything but your laptop. So from that point of view, it's it's definitely worked out. Right. So did you move there before the pandemic? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've been here for eight years. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> so this time next year, your first novel that was accepted right away. Or did you have trouble getting that one published also? Yeah, no, that was so I my first I'd, I'd had um, I submitted a book when I was about 25 that was rejected. And then I had a ebook published called How to Get Ahead in Television, which um did not sell many copies but I was very proud of that book and but it, and I got an agent and then subsequent to that I managed to get um this time next year away and that sort of instantly flew and got 
um, sold to 17 territories and was a Good Morning America book club book. Oh, book. How nice. So, That's and a New York Times bestseller. So, yeah, that was a complete dream in terms of a book just sort of taking off and people really connected with it. And I think because it was published during the pandemic as well, and it was a very sort of, you know, hopeful and uplifting and mm-hmm. set in a world where there was no, it, it, it's all set in 2020, but imagines a world where there isn't a pandemic. Um, so I think, it, and even the title this time next year, I think everyone was was feeling that very strongly in 2020. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it really connected with people, which is really, which was lovely as an author, obviously to have that. Right. So this book, did you write this during the pandemic before I do? I know what did I think I wrote just haven't met you yet which is my second book right. I must have written I get so lost track because there's a bit of a sort of like years lag time um between these so no I must have been writing yeah this time next just haven't met you yet sorry which is my book set in Jersey um because uh, it always takes about a year by the time you've written something and then and then it comes out so I had that book launch, yeah, during the end. It was still the end of restrictions. So I remember being being allowed a, a small little book launch for that. And what about Before I Do? Do you have a big launch for that one? I did. Not a big one, but I went to London and had a little launch in a bookshop, which was really nice because I hadn't managed to have anything with kind of my publishers or uh, meet other writers that I have met online um, who I invited to the book launch in London and some friends. So that was really nice because, yeah, I feel like being published in the pandemic, I missed, I'd missed out on a lot of real face-to-face right. interaction. Um, you know, all the launches were online, bookshops were closed for some of it, you know, so it was all very much all about the Kindle and the online events. Yeah, well, thank, thankfully we have Zoom now. Yes. Or even be able to do this. So yes. I would say the only good thing about the pandemic is Zoom and we're able to talk to authors all over the world. I mean, before that, we never would have even thought to to speak to you and interview you. So yeah, that's that we're able to do that now. It's great for me. And also there's all various book clubs around the world that kind of get in touch and say, oh, you know, we're a book club based, you know, got anywhere and they wanted to see if I would come on and talk about the book and you can do that now um, because lots of people are having book clubs on Zoom or online right. uh, so it really feels like a global community now doesn't it so you you do that you you zoom into book clubs that's really nice yeah <laughs> it is. which that's is always nice. fun <laughs> yeah no of course all over the you do it here in the United States too or yeah yeah there's a couple of US book clubs that I have um you know, if they're if they're kind of quite organized and quite big um, and they say, look, you know, we've got 30, 40 people all online. Would you would you would you come in and talk about the book? Then, yeah, I'm always up for that. If That's I have if I can fit it into my schedule and my time, yes. dif- the time difference. Right. Right. Of course. What time is it there now? It's 430 in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, so too- not too bad. It's just sometimes yeah. if it's, you know, if it's West Coast and then they're trying to have an after work book club, then it ends yeah. up being a bit late. Or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the middle of the night for you. huh? Yeah. Uh, what is your writing life like? So I tend to try and have like a normal, it's my full time job. So I do sort of sit down at my desk and try and have a working day. But I have two young children. So I kind of fit it around the school run and, you know, various children being ill and being off. And if you're self-employed, you're always the one to pick up the slack. But yeah, I tend to just try and be at my desk with a cup of coffee at nine o'clock and, you know, start writing. But I think that life as as a writer gets harder the more books you do in a way, because 
there's all this other extra stuff that comes around the edges in terms of, you know, writing short stories or articles to promote or, um, you know, the admin. See, I don't know how there is so much admin, but the admin seems to mount up. Um, and I'm also writing screenplays now, which is really exciting. That's um, so nice. What are you writing? Well, I am actually adapting um, some of my books for oh. hopefully production into film. So that's early wonderful. days. Just Congratulations. Being but yeah, so that's really exciting because that's a new um, a new skill for me and another string to my bow. And, you know, hopefully one day, I mean, with films, there's always this is it's always very first steps in terms of it gets optioned and you write it. And there's still a lot of hurdles to go through until it gets made. But it's very exciting. Um, but it does mean my book writing time seems to be getting whittled and whittled. <laughs> Are you on contract though? Do you have to do a book a year? Or? Yes, yes, at the moment, yes. Yeah. So I'm working on book four at the moment, which oh, is- Oh, wow, um, that's yeah. so great. Okay, yeah. good, 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 good. And it's also really exciting being published in America because it's just, again, obviously I'm not there. I visited last Christmas to go go and see my book in a bookstore, but just getting messages from US readers um, who've, you know, it, that's the great thing I love about Instagram as well. You can just sort of have- readers jump into your messages and tell you why they like the book and have chats with people and see where they're reading. I, you know, seeing pictures of people reading my book on Miami beach and stuff. It's just yeah. so surreal to me. Right. But, right. Um, yes. And of course the cover, the covers are always different in the UK than they are in the United States. Yes. We have different covers. This is a great cover. I love it. You like it. Yeah, I thought, yeah. It's a great I love- cover. I love the the shadow on this one because yeah. I sort of said I wanted it to be a hint of what the storyline which right. in, which is obviously Audrey about to get married and then the sort of shadow from her past right. and of her and Fred yes absolutely it's great now what about um, audio books I have I'm reading this I don't have the audio but is it out in audio also I'm assuming it is out in audio book with a wonderful narrator called Emma City who does the audio for this and yeah I heard it for the first time when it came out couple of weeks ago uh-huh. and she's brilliant yeah really good I, it's always a really special moment for me hearing the audiobook because it's almost someone reading my book better right. than I feel like I would read it so it's like it feels like oh now it even it sounds even better than I imagined it <laughs> yeah did you ever think of doing it you have a great voice you ever think of doing <laughs> audiobooks um I think I think for the right book I'm if it was first person I may yeah I just I I, I feel like I'm it's it, it is quite a skill when I hear people yes. do it well, just the right kind of cadence and everything. But I with the book I'm writing, I was kind of thinking about it just because it's very my voice and um maybe one day. We'll see. Okay. No, you do. You have a good voice. I think it would be great. I think it would be very, very nice and soothing to listen to you reading your own words and your own book. Yes. Okay, good. That's good feedback. Right. I'm gonna I'll take that on board. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm a big audiobook person. There's no doubt. I love audiobooks. And to be honest, it's the main way I read books now because mm-hmm. I just I get sent a lot of books, which is lovely. But to be honest, my life is in the car doing pickups, running around the island, and I listen to audiobooks when I'm out on a walk or on a run mm-hmm. or in the car. And it's amazing how quickly you can actually mount up listening hours you know right. if you're multitasking yeah um so yeah I, I've become a complete convert to right. audiobooks yeah I think they're great I think they're the they're just you know they're such as now right now they're so popular it's wonderful that people are all listening thanks to we have overdrive and Libby here I'm sure you guys yes. have over there too so this book will be available on to all our Sayasa patrons it'll be available on 
Overdrive and Libby. And of course, we'll have a, a copy here at the library. So if anybody wants a copy, just ask us and we'll be happy to put it on reserve for you and you'll get a copy of Sophie Cousins books and her other books are staff picks. So we have that up also. So you're welcome to take those out also. So yeah, we're, you're, you're very popular here. And also I was reading on Goodreads. I don't know if you read your reviews. I do read. I actually don't go. Goodreads is the one place I don't go, okay. but I do only because I find like there's more people who go on there and say, I didn't like it. I didn't really well, like it. Your <laughs> book on Goodreads is getting, just so you know, you don't have to read it, but I'll let you know it's getting phenomenal reviews. And oh, people good. are saying that they love your all your books, but they think Before I Do is your best one. Oh, that's lovely. So, that's yeah. very nice. So those yeah. are very nice reviews on Goodreads. Oh, that's lovely to hear. And also yeah. what, I, what I have liked is actually some readers who have said they don't usually enjoy multiple timelines, but they do like this one. So that's also, mm-hmm. I take that as a compliment because I know some people have a, a hard time with multiple timelines. Yeah. No, um, this one, this one's great with the multiple timelines. You need it in order yes. for the story to be told. You really need, you need to know, you know, when she met Josh, when she met Fred, you need to know all those things. You need to know what happened with her mother and all the husbands, you know, in order for the story to be told, the multiple timelines works really well. Yeah, I don't see, I couldn't see doing it any other way. It kind of just, it just sort of presented itself that to me that that was how it was going to need to be. <laughs> so I'm assuming on a book like this with all these multiple timelines, you have to outline. I actually didn't, I don't really outline, but wow. it always bites me in the bottom at the end because um, I do a kind of rough draft where I'm just sort of writing what feels natural and then... I ended up taking the whole thing apart at the end and then pulling each timeline out and writing it separately and then putting it all back together. So I wish I did outline because I think my life would be a lot simpler. Um, And it was a complete maze to try and get this in the right place. Because I always find with multiple timelines, you know, you just they've got to be exactly the right length. So the reader does not want to skip or feel like, why is this happening now? You know, why have we gone here? So uh, it definitely adds another challenging dimension to the kind of construction process. Yes. Oh, wow. To write that without outlining. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. That's like a mystery. When you write a mystery, you have to outline because you have to have some kind of, you have to know where you're going. You need to know how it's going to get solved. Yes. This, kind of, this book was kind of like that. How is this going to get solved? Yes. I mean, it actually, it just was a real headache to write this, partly because I didn't outline, but also because like when I thought of the idea of, you know, what if you were about to get married to your long term love and the one that got away turned up at the wedding? I didn't actually know which way I wanted it to go. And I had quite a big discussion with, you know, both my editors on both sides of the pond about what this story was, because for me, the way I write, I tend to think of a scenario or a situation like this and then work out who the cam- characters are and, and where it's going. And some take longer to work out than others. And this one certainly did. And I was kind of flip-flapping both ways, I suppose. And I think mm-hmm. I hope that comes across with Audrey's dilemma that she really, there's not a clear runner. Um, it, it, you know, there's no right answer necessarily um, until a bit later on. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So how long did it take you to write this book? Um, it's usually about six months for a first draft. And then several more for sort of tinkering and editing and editing and stuff um but it's always difficult because I'm at the kind of just finishing off a first draft of my next book when I'm talking about a book that's just come out because right, that's how the timeline. so it's 
it's it's just an interesting process to be at the very early stages of, an, of a draft with one book while you're talking about a book that you obviously spent ages polishing and it's then easy to sort of think oh there's no way this new book is going to be as good as that book and I've thought that about every book because you're obviously comparing something that's polished and finished with something that's still in quite a raw state mm -hmm. um so <laughs> Yeah, no, wonderful. You're, you're doing a great job. You're keeping us rom-coms. Us rom-com readers very happy. So we Oh, do, good. We well, that. thank you very much for recommending it to people and having yes, it in the library. Absolutely. And, you know, yes, one uh, of the other librarians saw um, on my desk goes, oh, I can't read to read that book. I'm like, okay, I'll get it to you. <laughs> Good, so, good. That's what I like to hear. That's what right, I like to like hear. Like I said, it's your other, your other books are our staff picks, so they're right there when the people come up to the reader services area they could see your book it's right on the shelf so oh good good yeah, glad very, to hear it yeah. thank you so much <laughs> so very welcome so what is jersey like jersey Sounds is like a fascinating place it is it's very kind of it's it's big on farming there's lots of cows it's very small you know you could walk around it if you wanted to um but it's quite um there's quite a lot of finance industry here so it's very populated in in the center, but then it's got lots of farming on the edges. It's got beautiful beaches. And actually, yeah, my second book, Just Haven't Met You Yet, is set all around Jersey. And there's a little map in it. So yeah, lots of um lots of lots of US readers specifically have read it and sort of thought, right, I've got to put gotta to go to Jersey now. It's on the map of somewhere I want to come on holiday. Some readers thought were confused and thought it was set in New Jersey. Right, and then, right. And then when there was an uh, an island, they were like, "Hey, where's this island in New Jersey?" I'm really <laughs> yeah. So mm -hmm. then, yeah, it became clear that it was the original Jersey, which is where New Jersey was named after. In oh, okay. Yeah. Is it a tourist place? I mean, it is quite a tourist place mm -hmm. because it's got beautiful beaches and it's you know a close flight from France and from the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is not guaranteed sun you know i think in the in the sort of um, 70s and 80s it used to be a big um these people used to come from the uk to watch music here it was a big sort of okay um like it they, they'd Festivals come and work and stuff. yeah it was, yeah it was good. but before mm -hmm. it was so popular to maybe fly to europe and then when flights got ch cheaper to europe more people kind of went to france or spain but um, I think now people love the British seaside holiday and that's exactly what Jersey offers and it has amazing food and it's famous for yeah seafood specifically and oh. has a really interesting cultural culture it was um, occupied during the second world war so there's right. a lot of a lot of history as well to explore here so yeah I like it I like living here <laughs> that's nice it sounds like a great place I'll put it on my list too <laughs> yeah so do you want to give us a little hint about what your fourth book is about oh the, the, the fourth the next book is a little bit early to reveal as yeah, yet okay. so i'm going to keep that one under wraps but i'm very excited about it and okay, it's a little there's elements of kind of magical realism which i haven't oh. done yet so okay. i'm very excited about just taking a step in a slightly new direction so what authors do you like to read? How about some with magical realism? Do you? you oh, I do. I love, I mean, in, in terms of rom-com, I love sort of, you know, Emily Henry mm -hmm. and Helen Hogue is amazing. Right. Um, and in terms of magical realism, there's, there's an author called Sarah Lotz, who I think this is out in the States. She wrote a book called Impossible, which is a very magical realism rom-com. Um, yeah. So I love anything that sort of slightly pushes the, 
the line of genre um, where it's kind of a combination of of things I really like because I don't quite know where it's going and as a reader I enjoy that experience of not knowing <laughs> what are you reading are you reading anything now what am I reading now I am reading yeah I'm reading I've just started love and other human errors by Bethany Clift which okay. might I don't know if it's come out there yet and I am listening to confessions of a 40 something f up I think it's called something else in the states oh, okay <laughs> But it's very funny. I think it's being adapted for a film. I saw the writer Alexandra Potter um, out in LA. It's being adapted into. Oh. In I can't. They changed the title, unsurprisingly. But but I'll look was, it up under the author's name, Alexandra Potter. That's it. Yes. Okay, I'm going to look it up um, because I've seen on her Instagram that it, anyway. So I'm listening to the audiobook. I I kind of know her in a in a writing contact way uh-huh. and then I saw her yeah she's out in LA watching the filming of this of this show so oh wow good for um, her wow amazing and I'm yeah really enjoying really enjoying that so <laughs> that's great that's great okay so I really appreciate you speaking with us here at turn the page Sayas libraries podcast and we will definitely do this again when the fourth book comes out yeah, maybe maybe I will even come out in person and do a talk at the library. I oh, need an excuse. You have no idea how much we would love that. Our I'm... patrons would be so happy to meet you. Yeah, good. Well, I'm, pla- I'm looking for an excuse to come to come back. So I'm yeah. gonna. Have yeah, you maybe... been here? Have you been to the United States? Yes, I have, oh, and okay. I came. I came sort of last Christmas to see my book in the bookstores, oh, but okay. it was still pandemic-y, so there weren't really events going on. It was all quite. It had opened up, so I. I got to go to some bookstores and see my book in the stores, which was amazing. And Did you sign of, some copies? Signed some copies and had a bit of a New York weekend with my friends. And I, I hadn't, previous to that, I hadn't been to New York for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And um, it has a lot of affection in my heart for New York. So, yeah, maybe now everything's opening up a little bit more. Next year, I would love to come out and, um, yeah, do some more events and talks and signings and things. Yes. So well, we would fun. absolutely love that. That would be the best. I'll put you guys on the list then. Excellent. Please do. We couldn't be happier. We would love to have you here. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.